Hello, everyone. Welcome to Arash's World. Today, we have a special guest, uh, Genevieve Pituro. Uh, welcome to Arash's World. Thank you, Arash. Wonderful. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling energized. Very <laughs> I'm excited good. to talk to you. Awesome. That's great. So I'd like you to start off just presenting yourself briefly, and then we're going to talk about your book. Um, but uh, briefly, how would you describe yourself? A former corporate climber, and I'd say former corporate climber who jumped off the ladder when she found her purpose. Okay, that's that's an awesome introduction. And it's <laughs> concise to the point and exactly what uh, uh, you will talk about here. Your book is called Purpose, Passion and Pajamas, How to Transform Your Life, Embrace the Human Connection and Lead with Meaning. You already had me by pajamas, but you added <laughs> the uh, clarification there. So let's talk about your book. Sure, sure. Well, I always wanted to write it since the jump off the corporate ladder because Growing up, I didn't know about purpose. Nobody ever said to me, you know, you should do something you love because we all have a purpose. They don't teach oh, you that at school, right? They yeah. Don't teach you that. They, don't <laughs> the think they should. Stuff. They should, yeah. Yeah, no, it's all about find a job, find a job. And that's so that's what I knew. So I wanted to find something exciting. And I thought TV, I love TV, that would be exciting. So that's what I. That's what I decided to do. And working in New York City, I did have some opportunities. And so for 12 years, I just climbed that ladder in television marketing. Soon, 12 years in, and it was a very exciting life. We'll never say it wasn't. It was a workaholic life. I was single and I you know, had a, a good job. I had a good pay. I owned a co-op and it just... It filled every second of my life. But one quiet afternoon in my co-op, I heard a voice in me. And I know now it's a heart voice. But then I didn't know what it was. It sort of was a little scary because I know head voice, right? We all know that jibber jammer in our heads. But this was a quiet voice. And it asked me a question. It asked, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And that really stopped me cold. And in seconds, I knew what it was asking. And I, and I knew intuitively that I didn't want to do this another 30 years. It was, it was, I knew it would be lonely. I knew it would be tiring. And I knew it would leave me empty. But, you know, for the first decade or so, it was, you know, it was crazy busy and it was exciting. But I could see it wouldn't last. So... I realized that not having a family or children was something that I missed. And so I started reading to children in emergency shelters uh, where the police and the social workers took children who were hurt and in harm's way. And I never felt more grounded. I, I felt so close to those little ones. And I sat on the floor in my business suit and they sat on the floor and you know, didn't speak a word. They were just already traumatized from wherever they'd been taken from. And they just sat and listened to me. And it was just something for, for me to do to help them stay a little calm so that they could go to sleep when I left. And then when I saw where they were sleeping, it broke my heart. You know, it was, it was cold and they were sleeping huddled together in some cases and on very small beds or cots and they were in their clothes. And 
it was just a shock to see this. You know, I, I was so ignorant. I, I'd never been to an emergency shelter. I didn't know what to expect. And I just had memories of my mom's warm, loving, fun bedtime for us kids. So I brought pajamas the next time. And again, very silent, but they took their pajamas except for one little girl. And she was so afraid of me and she wouldn't take them. She was just so afraid. And finally she watched me with, with all the other kids. And, and then she came over and she whispered to me, what are pajamas? And that's when I became obsessed with how many of these little girls are there out there. Yeah, what, uh, what a touching, wonderful story. And let's put it into context. Also, this was 20 years ago when, you know, when you, More than you that, that, yes. that switch of, uh, of, of following your intuition, which is something I would highly recommend to everyone. But um, and I'm going through it right now myself. So that, that's wow. that shift. So you have uh, uh, you are by uh, advanced by 20 years in terms of uh, the experiences. <laughs> so I'd like to know first. Um, how difficult was it to embark on a new career on uh, on a different path and millions of people are going through that right now especially after the effects of covid they're asking themselves that question that you're asking is my job fulfilling me is it meaningful do i want to do this for the rest of my life or not and a lot of people have switched there and a lot of people have also turned towards coaching like yeah, myself as well. So um, what would you say, um, how do we deal with the difficulties? Because there will be difficulties at first, really, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes. And, you know, in my in my book, it is an honest um, journey. And I put it on paper, the ups and the downs. You know, I was I was so obsessed with this. Um, the, the plight of these children at, at night that all I could see was whatever I had to do, I wanted to do. Um, I didn't have a plan. I didn't plan to do this. It happened and it just took me over. And it was such a stark contrast to what I was doing, you know, a week before, a month before. So there are a lot of um, a lot of passages in the book that show that I didn't have a plan, but I had a North Star. And I know now, 22 some years later, and having talked to others, thousands of them, some who have plans and some who don't, like me, follow this invisible North Star, this, this voice, because they just can't not listen to it. And I know that that's the key, you know, intuition and following it and realizing we all have a purpose. And if you start out looking for it, bravo, I didn't. It found me. And sometimes that's what happens. So if, if you have a North Star and you have a passion, you want to do this, you'll get it done. So, yes, there are easier ways than I did. You know, and I give a lot of lessons, of course, early on, get yourself some professional help. And I don't mean a therapist. <laughs> I mean, an accountant, an attorney, no matter what you want to do, just to see if they can lend a hand. I started a company. It doesn't matter if it's nonprofit or not. You need those professional services because if you are not um, educated in certain areas, you need to ask for help. And that's a, a very big, one of the top three issues that we have is asking for help. So 
that's the first thing that I always tell people, know what you know, know what you don't know, and ask for help. Line up the people to help you. Mm -hmm, exactly. And so um, what uh, it, it turns out that things that we think are really important, our priorities in our lives might not be so. And so it's the idea of like, okay, I want to study for a career, I will make a lot of money, and it doesn't really satisfy us. And whereas like if uh, anything that has purpose has to resonate with us, with ourselves, with our core being, and then it's often directed towards others, as in your case, with those children that you're talking about. And I think that's really important to to realize the priorities in our lives and to really calibrate and go in that direction. A therapist could help too in some ways <laughs> at times, but not necessarily as we're saying, but it's, it's important to find that path. And as you're saying, um, look for help when needed. And because that transition is, and it's especially when you're in it, it's, it's really tough. It's really hard. But to be guided by that voice too that we have inside of us that occasionally tells us and to really listen to that and take that invitation and take that path and see where it will take us. Yes, I agree. I agree. That's that's a big part of knowing you're on the right path. If, it, if it's coming from your, your heart voice, if you know and you believe that that's, that's um, coming from you, a higher, a higher force, mm -hmm. then that automatically gives you some, some strength to follow it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not just in terms of education. We say they don't teach you these things, but it's also when we look at uh, corporate structure, when we look at organizations and companies and so on, um, they are still um, often going the wrong path or they have the, not the best attitude in terms of, for their own benefit, in terms of productivity, productivity in terms of growth and so on. And I find that there are many who are kind of stagnated or, or stuck in a, in a mind frame, uh, in, in a in framework that does not really work. And that's actually from a past generation. It's kind of the idea of the assembly line and you do your job and there you go. But it, our current reality is very different. And probably also thanks to the pandemic, we are seeing things in a very different way. Uh, what would you say about that? The, the idea of corporations and so on, where you, you yes. have personal experience of, exactly, yeah. Yes, I mean, I created Purpose Acer. It's a program that I facilitate with leaders and teams for exactly what you're saying, to bring harmony to the workplace, understand the purpose, understand the values, make sure everyone's on the right team, on the same team, and knowing how to interview and who to look for and living, you know, walking the talk. So that's a whole, a, a whole series of workshops. And you're absolutely right. Both sides, I think maybe the employees right now are demanding that, you know, the, these bosses step up. And I think we went and we're going from boss to leader. It's very different. And, you know, I had bosses. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, I did meet a leader or two that, you know, that I worked with, but it's very different. It's a very different person. And leaders are what we need and what we're demanding now. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that's that's because they motivate the inspire. workers. They inspire. Yes. Right. And it's not just you have to do this and giving orders. And, not the military. And not the military. Exactly. But our structure is like that. If you look at, at companies or, uh, again, it's kind of a military structure. You have the CEO, you have the generals and the foot soldiers, which are the, the employees. 
And I think we do have to have uh, uh, change that structure a bit. I mean, of course, we can't have a democratic company because there has to be some sort of a structure to it. But, it has to answer but to make it more line. fluid, right? More dynamic. Yes, yes, you're right. Somebody has to answer to the bottom line. It is it is somebody's shoulders that you know that 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 falls on absolutely. But everything in between from the the from communicating to including people in, in discussions, you know, like you said, you can't take a vote. Who who wants to raise you know a million dollars and who wants to raise two hundred thousand dollars? Certainly, but there are certain certain questions to ask. There are certain conversations where there are doors that are that you can open to be even more successful because you are you are including your team and you're investing in them and you're empowering them and you know you're engaging them all those words are valuable and we've never used them as much as we're using them now but they they used to always say people will work harder for a pat on the back than for another dollar we want that. We want to be part of something big and exciting. We, you know, we we want that. We don't just want to be given a dollar and you know, thank you. It's five o'clock. You can go now. Yeah, and there are studies, psychological studies, that show that just like a mere thank you, and it just it's not that difficult to do, will inspire and motivate people. And and uh, it's it's really inclusion. We we talk about in terms of diversity, which is of course hugely important, but inclusion also in terms of uh, being part of the process, being part of the team, being asked, uh, what do you think? Just an opinion. You don't have to follow up on it, but just feeling like validated. And I think a lot of uh, uh, jobs, you don't feel validated. You don't feel part of the, the company. It's like, okay, you just do your stuff on the assembly and that's it. And we don't want to hear about you anymore, right? So that kind of attitude really has to shift. A, a kind of a new uh, um, culture that needs to come out of this. Yes, a shared, a shared culture. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Everybody has has their needs met, or for the most part, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it has to start before you hire someone, you know, on both sides. It has to start before you take a job. You have to understand. And the people that want to hire you have to understand that you want to work somewhere that you feel that is, is adding meaning to your life, to the community, to the greater good. You have to listen to what they want. And, and if you can't provide that, it's not the right hire. In many cases with interviews, the actual interview is kind of overrated because that's just acting skills. They they do well, they perform well in those like half an hour and stuff. But if you look maybe at their experience, if you look at what they've done, which is actually more important, uh, they they kind of get misled, uh, misled by, by that. And uh, uh, I found like a lot of people who are good at interviews, they are covering some of the skills that they don't have. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really like, I think also looking at the, the whole picture, the big picture, not just uh, hiring, okay, you look the part, great, we'll have you on. <laughs> yeah, everything's changing. And, and I think that there's this, this time that we have to have patience with, because right now there's so much um, so many voices and so many demands and so many people want to stand firm in what they know. And I think, I think it's going to slowly, we have to find a, a place to meet. <laughs> we're not there yet, but we're on the way because of this, this total, you know, upheaval <laughs> and this dramatic change, but certainly it can't be sustained. 
And I think it's good when people start their own business. And this is the United States of America and everyone, you know, has, you know, has some enthusiasm and some dream to start it. So why not? And, you know, you can make your rules as long as, you know, you can, you can pull a team together and you can stay afloat. And I, I think that, that we're in the middle of a real flux. And, I, and I, I'm excited to see where, where we all come together. Exactly. And I like the hybrid work now that it can be like, yes, you got the office. And I think it's important. I'm, I'm not like, uh, uh, I think the office has its place as well, but also the option of working from home. And I think that kind of balance that social contact in the office and then also working on your own from home. I think that is the, the ideal. It, it is. And I, and I do think that we need to be together sometimes. <laughs> exactly. And there is something to be said for um, working together in cooperation and seeing people in person and getting out of the house and being social and learning, relearning the human connection piece, you know, and, and I do think that it's healthy to, to do that, you know, and I hate to say people will be forced to do that, but I, I understand the health benefits, both mental and physical of, of, having you know understanding that that's part of what the potential employer says is going to have to be a must you you have to understand that and hopefully there are things there that are are worth you know giving that up if you say i really like to just stay in my pajamas all day every day and work hopefully you will find the meaning you get there and and the benefits of being with other people two or three times a week um you will come to treasure that if even if you're resistant at first. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we don't look at enough or we don't appreciate enough is time affluence. And we are so like a workaholic. You mentioned that earlier. And I, mm -hmm. I, I do. Uh, I did have that phase as well where, uh, you know, you just want to work as much as you can for whatever reason. Often we, we say it's for money, but I think it's probably also trying to escape certain things about ourselves, realities we don't want to look at. It's an addiction as well, you know, so mm -hmm. you can be addicted to your work. And we don't take time to slow down, to be with others, to have that social contact with our friends, even having just me time and just like taking time off and say, I'm just going to do whatever I like to do. And often we forget what that is because we're so <laughs> like stuck in that, that routine of, of working nonstop. And I think we have to focus more on, on giving ourselves a breaks and more time to reflect where the, the voice won't be heard if you're constantly on the go. You have to really slow down and the voice will, that inner voice will come out. It's, it's kind of faint often, but then it's like gets stronger and stronger and uh, we need to, to take breaks to be able to listen to that voice and to hear it. Yes, you're right. Self-care has really, has really dropped and that's not good. That's not good. Yes. And, and, and a lot of leaders are incorporating some aspect yeah. of that. Which is, which is great. You know, I mean, I, I understand you can't give everybody a massage every day. I get that. <laughs> but there, there has to be some allowance, especially coming off the pandemic and COVID. You don't know what anybody's been through. There have been, you know, a lot of things that have been very difficult. There are a lot of changes. Uh, women have, have had a lot of changes because as a mother, as a nurturer, now they're faced with, you know, they were home with the kids. They... they have to work, what are their bosses or leaders going to expect of them? There, there are so many parts of this that are, are 
difficult to manage and, and self-care and, and patience with each other is, is got, has got to be up there on the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, th- I think the shift is there and mindfulness is becoming more accepted, more embraced, and even at the corporate uh, structure. And so and, uh, I think that's, that's really, that's really important. I want to go back to pajamas. So uh, you have the pajamas <laughs> program. And um, I find that fascinating, just because what what pajamas and it, it ties in with what we're talking about, just what pajamas represent for me. I mean, it's it's kind of a more relaxed attitude. It's kind of calmness. And I like it at my son's school. They have pajama days where everybody yes. comes in and probably uh, you've seen that. And um, I, including the teachers. Teachers, yes. And I think that's hugely important. I, I applaud that. And uh, uh, it, it really creates, I don't know, it's uh, what does it create here? What kind of yeah, environment? It, it, it's, it, it's comfort. comfort it's self-care. It. Mm. It's um, they're, they're physically warm and, and cozy, and we don't have enough of, of that, those sentiments in our daily lives. So, you know, we have to put on those clothes to remind us that we want to hug, that we want to feel safe and secure. You know, it's, it's the whole bedtime routine mm-hmm. that means that's the foundation. You know, we don't think about that, but I have thought about that because of the 20 some years I've been you know, as the founder of Pajama Program, what our moms and my mom specifically gave me, I didn't realize was a foundation for love and security that I would know next morning she'd be there. If I had a test or somebody said something mean to me, or if I had something to celebrate, I could run home, she'd be there. And the children I was meeting, you know, didn't have that. Yeah, and it's all wrapped up in a pair of pajamas. So- yeah, that's always so moving when you have a child, a girl that says, well, what are they? Because it seems like there, there's a part of, of life that they don't have access to, like love and comfort and security. And, and and that is very saddening and heartbreaking. And I think when I think of pajamas, I often think of Christmas and how, how children are excited. And that's when they go in their pajamas to, to open the gift and so on. Of course, again, that's just one perspective of it. But I, I, as you're saying, that's secured. And if, if that's lacking, it's it's really a serious lack in their emotional lives. Yeah. I mean, how do you, I, I was so worried about how are they sleeping? Are they having nightmares? Mm-hmm. How do you sleep in, in clothes that are tight and, and dirty and, and remind you of wh- why you're in clothes? You know, maybe you were taken away. Maybe there was something horrible that happened and you're alone or you're alone with a mom who's running or something. It's just, it's just the very opposite of comfort and safe. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and your program is you are providing pajamas and books to children at risk? Yes, it's for the bedtime, the comfort and yes, new pajamas and new books. And now it's about that routine and how important it is for these children to have that downtime, that quiet time put on their pair of pajamas, have a book to nestle into sleep slowly, feeling good and not, you know, okay, grab the kid because your life is traumatic. And of course, that's, that's where the kids are coming from, you know, and just, just no bedtime rituals and things like that, because it's all the family or whoever's taking care of these kids can manage is to, you know, to get them into a bed to go to sleep. And who knows if it's a full night's sleep, they're going to get, but it's the importance of bedtime for this foundation so that they can wake up feeling feeling good and you know hopefully loved and and safe 
and hopefully refreshed and alert mm -hmm. for the day because it's going to have more more trials and, and you know and some challenges for these kids in the day one of my concerns is books though i mean i i feel they're going like um they're fading in in, in many many people's lives and and it's uh, not the children the children would still enjoy it but it's often the 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 parents who are not instilling that kind of uh routine that we're talking about because they might not be uh reading books right so i i think right. and 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 it's a shame as somebody who who grew up uh, with books and for me books are, are hugely important i love physical books not the on-screen electronic versions right. i like to to hold it in in, yes. in my hands and and I, I feel that um we are missing out on this and a lot of the new generations are not experiencing that and um what can we do to kind of bring back a bit of the 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 old old times of of, of actual physical books i agree i agree well it helps when a parent feels strongly about talking a child into bed right that's something mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. thankfully i know people still value and treasure with their children mm -hmm. so if there's that tuck you in, you know, I still hear that even with the youngest of parents, I'll be right up or come on, let's go to bed. And the child will say, well, you give me a story. I think a lot of that is shared physical book because it is a shared story. There are pictures. I don't think it's as easy to share a tablet. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think, and I hope that, that it is a time for a physical storybook, that it still is something that, that the kids want to hold and that are drawn to if they go to a bookstore or if somebody gives them books so hopefully bedtime will be the last place where parents will say okay put on a laptop let's read a book mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's and, and a lot of it is in our hands what we like also what mo when we model children i mean if if we do it ourselves and okay let's have some reading time when they're a bit older and and uh, kind of join you in that i think that's uh, that would be helpful as well yeah um wonderful so um you there are lots of ups and downs when we're when we're looking at switching careers but you would say it's absolutely worth it so even if things look dark and apparently hopeless we should hang in there and uh of course with like help and advice and like that leap of faith should be it's a leap of faith but at the same time it should be also guided by reason to a certain extent right would you say there has to be an element of reason there of not just blindly jumping yes yeah yes i mean i didn't have a lot of that reason but when i when i work with people um, whether coaching or mentoring them I add a dose of, of reason. And I think, I think there are two ways to do it. I jumped and there are those of us who are wired that way. You know, we mm -hmm. jump and then we figure it out. We sort of just tread water right. and, you know, just the enthusiasm and the excitement keeps us afloat until, you know, until we can get to a calm place. But for some people I call the slide, I teach the slide. So if you're thinking about, you know, after 10 or more years in one job, you're thinking about something, there are so many ways to, research that and bring that into your life to get a taste of it sometimes what happens is it's enough some people might say you know i'm not i'm, I'm an accountant and i don't want to be an accountant i want to work with dogs well sometimes if you will volunteer at a shelter or you will talk to people or or you will take a, a an interest in something 
and read about it and learn more about it, sometimes that fills you enough and gives you the freedom to not stress about, oh, now I'm going to have to quit my job and, and you know, walk dogs for a living. So a lot of times, and I, and I work on, on a program with people to see two or three of their top interests to find their purpose and bring it in slowly. Sometimes that's more comfortable if you're not wired to jump. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that leads to the jump. And sometimes, surprisingly, you find, you know, I really wanted to sing. Well, maybe if you take a lesson every month and maybe if you join a choir, that will bring enough light into your life that I can be an accountant because then maybe I want to go to, you know, Paris and and go to the churches and hear the choirs around the world. Or maybe I will do something that's musically inclined that I wouldn't have if I didn't let this in a little bit. So you don't have to jump, although there are those of us who do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of very like, um, uh, I calculate things, I'm very rational, and then suddenly I make that irrational jump. And it's because <laughs> it's not just run, it's because I, I feel that, that voice you're talking about. And um, uh, I was explaining my previous podcast, that's how I met my wife, because I went to Mexico and um, just graduated from university, went there, it was like lower than minimum wage in terms of money, I had a lot of student loans that I had to get paid. And it was financially probably the worst decision I'd made, but it felt right. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's how Mm -hmm. I met my wife and uh, my family. So it's like just kind of following that, even though it seems pretty outlandish and crazy. Um, Trust is the word, right? Arashi, trusted yourself. I trusted myself. We don't trust ourselves enough. We'll trust a stranger. We'll ask a stranger. What do you think? Should I quit my job? And, you know, why do we put that trust in them and not us? That's an age old question, right? Yeah. And, and we know the difference. And I, I like how you're saying it's like this was a different voice and we 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 sense it. It's kind of mm-hmm. in every fiber of our body. It's like mm-hmm. not not the head. It's not the rational thinking. It's something deep inside. And people who wonder about it, you will know if it's that and it's not yeah. something else. It becomes quite distinct. And yes, I know those voices. And, and that's, that's why, why I'm here currently as well. It's that that voice driving me, even though it doesn't seem to make sense. But it's okay. It does. Things will, will kind of work out in the end. And I think one thing too, to, to uh, uh, remind you everyone, uh, if you've been working for again here, you were working as, as a, a television executive. Uh, marketing executive right and so those there are skills that you can transfer to anything you want to do for me it was teaching and i i can see a, a lot of skills transferring into into coaching and helping others because uh it's it's quite fluid and it's not that it's a it's not a complete break you can just take a lot of good things connection that you've made and things that you've learned and just put it in a and in invested in something else i think yes you are absolutely right there are definitely some of your talents that you will say, oh, wow. And, you know, it wasn't for nothing. I can use exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. So the book is Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. Uh, and we talked about all of those things, Purpose, Passion, <laughs> and Pajamas, and uh, how to transform your life, embrace the human connection, and lead with meaning. Thank you so much, Genevieve, for this awesome conversation, for this inspiration, for also inspiring me again that I should keep going. And um, <laughs> And thank you for being on Arash's World. Oh, keep going. And thank you for this invitation, Arash. Wonderful. Take care.